You're listening to the Habitology podcast with Melanie White. And today we're talking about solo business versus working with others. Excuse my voice. I still have this rotten cold. A lot of people find it really hard to move out of this position where they're employed by someone and working with lots of other people into running their own business and being on their own. But the reverse is also true. And I've been thinking about this over the last couple of weeks, and I thought today I'd really like to talk about some of the pros and cons of working alone versus working as part of a team and how you can get the best out of both worlds. Because it is possible, I've done it. So let's think about firstly working in a team. I remember my first business that I co-founded, we had a team of 40, and I loved being around those people because... I'd hired them all, or most of them, and we had so much in common. We had shared beliefs. We hung out together outside of work sometimes. We went on field trips together. We were there for a common purpose. We all got on really well, and I love being part of that environment. And when I moved to Mossy Point in 2007 and invented working from home, it was pretty clear to me that I felt restless and bereft and like a fish out of water because not just did I not know anybody here but suddenly I wasn't in an office surrounded by friends. It was really hard and I get that this has happened more recently in the pandemic slash working from home situation. A lot of people have had to adjust to that. So thinking about what works for working in a team, there are so many things if you have the right team that are really beneficial. There's that camaraderie. You know, you come into the office in the morning and someone yells out some joke and you laugh and then you catch up with someone else and they pull a funny face and you talk about what's going on for them and then eventually you settle down to your desk to start some work. There's that real connection, that mateship that comes up in the working environment. And some of you might be listening to this and saying, well, that doesn't happen at my work. I was lucky enough that it happened at mine. And I had created that business too with those with that team. And previously I'd worked in government roles where that didn't exist. But generally there's usually some sort of camaraderie with at least a couple of people. I think the other great part about working in a team is that you get to bounce ideas off each other. So if you're thinking of something that you want to describe and you're thinking, how should I describe that in my marketing copy or what words should I use in that report or should it be this color or that color? Having those people there makes it really easy for you to consult with other people and to get opinions and points of views, to solve problems as a group to reality check your ideas or to get something read. Did I make any mistakes? Can you peer review this for me? You know, there's so much that you get out of working in a team and the emotional support. That emotional connection is so valuable because you might be around people that spark joy in you, that help to bolster your sense of determination, to pick you up after a bad experience with a client or after a terrible day to regain your sense of determination and I think we don't talk about that enough we talk so much about how we work together as colleagues at the work level to get work done but we don't often talk about how we support each other 
you know, if you've had a really terrible day or a bad night's sleep and you come in and you're feeling rotten and you just need to pull yourself up out of the mire, being in a team can really help with that. It's someone that's got your back, someone that says, hey, I'll help you get through your workload or knock off early and I'll cover for you or let's do it together so it's more fun. That's really valuable. And I'm painting a picture here of being in a team. And of course, it's not all roses. Teams often have conflicts. There are personality clashes, people not seeing eye to eye, having different values, or there might be toxic elements in the work culture. It seems to happen when a company's a certain size, I think. I remember the first business that I had that I co-founded, which I mentioned earlier, we started with a small team of one, two, four, We went to about 8, 12, 15, 22, and then we made a leap up to around 30 and then to 40. And just when you start to get to that 40 level, things get a bit tricky. It's a bit like chickens. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, chickens have a pecking order, and they say that when you get over 20 chickens, you kind of disrupt the social hierarchy and it turns into chaos. And I kind of think that happens in organizations too, where you have that small, homely, close knit, aligned core team. And then it becomes less and less personal as the team gets bigger, more and more different personalities enter. It's like any tribe, you know, you get to that certain size and suddenly those personal connections aren't so connected. Think about Facebook too. That's a social networking platform where you might have started that to be connected with a few friends and suddenly you're up around a few hundred people and you don't know half of them. So big work environments can become impersonal and therefore not so supportive, not so emotionally connected. In any sense though, working with the right team is really important. And if you have the luxury of building a business like I did and selecting the team, then that's fabulous. Working alone has its benefits too. And I have to say that even though it was really difficult for me to adjust to working on my own over Skype and email, that was the pre-Zoom version of working at home. When you're on your own, you have so much more autonomy You can work in your pyjamas in bed if you want to, and I don't recommend that, but you could do it if you wanted. You've got freedom to do it your way, to do it as you'd like, to do exactly what you want or don't want. So there's a lot of self-determination in there and a lot of creative flexibility. You get to make all of the decisions about everything without any constraint or without having to consider other people or their feelings or their needs and wants in, in the team. There's no team. And on the flip side, that can be overwhelming by having to make all the decisions, right? I love that you get to do your own things your way and you get to pioneer new things when you're on your own. But having said that, let's face it, two heads can be a lot better than one. And if you're in your own business and on your own, any sort of self-doubt that creeps in, any little bit of fear, any hint of imposter syndrome that comes up can see you going into a downward spiral. It can be a bit hard to beat because you've got nobody to reality check you. You've got nobody to bounce ideas off. You've got nobody to say, hey, that's a load of crap. Let's get on with things or to coach you through that. 
So on the one hand, there's a lot of freedom and flexibility in working on your own. And on the other hand, there's not a lot of support. Some people though are working in team environments and they don't have much support. So it's pretty much like working alone, but with a lot more restrictions. There is a sense of safety in being part of a team. If you're a very cautious or safety conscious person, if you don't like taking risks, being in a team can be great for you. You've just got to be really clear on what's the best way of working for you. Think about that now. Like I've just talked through both scenarios from my point of view. What do you like about working in a team? Or what do you like about working alone? It's really important that if you're thinking about making a leap from one to the other, that you perhaps think about a list of pros and cons and do your own list and come up with the rationale for making that move or not. I actually think there's a way to get the best of both worlds. I'd like to say that I have pioneered this model, but I really haven't because a lot of people are doing it. But for me, the way I work best is on my own. And I love working on my own and and the idea of that freedom and autonomy. But I think the secret is about having enough contact, contact with the right colleagues or partners in a way that you get to tick all of the team boxes, but without too much commitment or conflict or red tape. So some ways that you can do that are attending conferences, or training courses or CPD, professional development things. I like to go to five to 10 of those sorts of events a year. It might be about a day a month where I get to meet new people and old people and like-minded people and network. And if I'm online, I always find someone in the audience that I'd like to catch up with outside of that event and swap details and we have a coffee chat. I find to me that really tickles the social stimulation side of things that I would normally get from work. And it's enough for me to just feel connected. There are also opportunities to collaborate on projects, events, or retreats, and that makes for great connection and a working relationship where it's not all down to you and it can really rejuvenate you. I was speaking to someone earlier today who said, I don't want to do business on my own. I love collaborating. And we started having a conversation about who in the collaboration was bringing what to the collaboration, how much effort was each party putting in, who was bringing the contacts to the event, was it all down to one person? So I think if you're going to do that sort of thing, you have to be really clear on everybody's roles and responsibilities and to have a written agreement around that. And that means that you get to avoid conflict and misunderstandings if you have a really clear agreement up front and to be very specific in that agreement about who does what and who doesn't do the other thing. I think this is one reason why Sage Women's Health has been such a great initiative for me to start that business with co-founder Nick Ingra because we get to pull together a bunch of individual businesses who are all working on the same thing in similar ways, but with a lot of different skills and diversity and backgrounds. So we have a team meeting once a month and we can work on projects together, but in a consulting arrangement, which means nobody's tied to anybody, but we're really clear on how we fit together and how we can work together. 
And that means that we can create so many unique combinations of services to meet our client for the specific problem that they're dealing with, which is menopause symptoms at work. How do you get your head around that? So we have people that can help with strategy, policy, creating peer engagement initiatives, normalizing the conversation, educating the workforce, bringing in coaching programs for behavior change to minimize symptoms, all sorts of different things that we can do because we have this team of independent people that sometimes come together and work together. So I think that's what's led me to this point is having come from that team environment and then working on my own for so long, I actually lost a lot of confidence at times working on my own and living in a country town and not being connected in face-to-face networks was really challenging. So I've found a way to get the best of both worlds. And I guess for you thinking about this, listening to this, you don't have to create an organization with consultants or independent team members, but you can find ways to engage with people. And it's a matter of figuring out how often you do that and what it looks like. But my recommendation is that you think about that from a networking and marketing point of view, because any way that you can engage with like-minded people that you can network with is going to have the dual benefit of gaining visibility for your business, but also meeting like-minded people who can talk about business together. I hope that's been helpful for you. I really think it's important for us to figure out the best way of working for ourselves and our own personal formula for getting that right. And hopefully I've given you some things to think about today so that you can figure that out for yourself. If you like this episode and you want to hear more conversation like this, please like, give me a rating and subscribe to the podcast. Otherwise, I will see you next time. Bye for now.